Devil's Productions presents The Great Deep. Welcome to episode number 45 of The Great Deep. My name is Ryan Calder, your host for the show. And this podcast series runs parallel to the music of The Great Deep album and explores a bit deeper some of the themes in music. Well, this week it's a great privilege for me to have Neil Breitenbach on the show. Neil is the keyboardist in Prime Circle and also uh, chief architect of Cantrell, which is his um, solo duo project, which he does with his son. Neil has a vast amount of experience traveling the music industry, and so it was great to catch up with him in this episode. He talks about what it's like um, writing songs with his son, what it's like writing songs with Prime Circle, and talks about his experience in the music industry and primarily this episode is devoted to songwriting and how do you craft a great song so uh, without further ado let's get to that interview with neil uh okay neil so so good to connect with you man uh i think the yeah he is all right i think the last time you and i spoke uh, I, I don't know quite when it was. I think it was probably, it was either at a show that we did together or it was in my journalist days. Um, yes. But, yes. But, I, but I think you and I go back probably to the days of Driver Lane. Uh, if, yeah. If I think that was... Um, yeah, that's a long time ago, yeah. <laughs> well, probably, I mean, Driver Lane was like 2005, 2004, 2005. Yeah. So, there, yeah. So I mean I, I remember that that being that being the season. I, I remember a couple of couple of your shows with Driver Lane and then and then I think you yeah. you, you connected with the Prime Circle guys. So uh, that's right. Yeah. So you've got a lot of experience, brother. Yes. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> Are you writing the book? I'm writing the book. The book of life is coming one day. Uh, I'll, I'll be the first. I'll buy the first copy. <laughs> that can it. But I'll probably be like Keith Richards' age when I release it. You know? <laughs> Re- retirement plan. <laughs> retirement plan. Because you, because you, uh, yeah. I mean, you, you're a bit busy at the moment to like, you know, finish writing yeah. and publish the book. <laughs> Plus, you got many more stories no. still to write. Hey, hundred percent, man. The good ones are still coming. So uh, I like we, it. we can't cut those off. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. So Neil, tell uh, for for those who don't who don't know your uh, sort of background and, and where you come from, just t- tell us like where you're from, where you grew up, you know what what your, yeah. your history in the in the music scene is, just so so we, we you know, okay they're... cool. So yeah, so let me take it back to day one. Like when I was a toddler, I grew up in uh, Warner Beach, and um, my Italian grandfather was like an opera singer, but he was also he was also like an international soccer ref, football ref. No way. So he he was yeah. So he was bouncing between the the football ref side and also the opera singing side. So 
whenever he was back, we'd go for like more walks on the uh, Warner Beach today, and he'd like sing. And by him singing, kind of got me into music. And that's kind of what grabbed me. And then I was like, okay, this sounds pretty cool. Um, from there, I started playing drums. And then from drums, I moved on to keyboards. Because I, I told my parents, like, yeah, no, I want to play guitar and all of this stuff. And they were like, no, just use whatever instruments in the house. And there was like a organ in the one corner. And my parents were like, go play that. And if you enjoy music after a while, then we'll like consider getting you a guitar. <clears throat> to this day, I bought my own guitar, by the way. <laughs> and um, yeah, so I, I started learning the keys from there when I was like uh, a lassie. I went for music lessons at the age of eight. Um, through high school, I, I played more sport than anything else. So music was there. I wrote an album at the age of 12. Um, and I never really released that album. It was, it was kind of just like a personal thing, but it's there it was like 15 songs on the album. And I thought it was like pretty cool stuff. It was almost like a mix between the Depeche Mode and the Doors, that kind of vibe with a with a little bit of rock in it. Uh, yeah, and then after, after school, yeah, it was a different style, man. But it was cool. It, was, it sounded really good. And yeah. I wish I could find those files now. And then after school, I studied music. So I graduated in jazz piano and songwriting. Um, and yeah, from there, I just started sessioning in different jazz bands and different bands. I played, uh, my one jazz trio I played with was the bass player from the Waterboys. They had that song, Hole of the Moon. That's right. So he was in my jazz, jazz trio at the time. And yeah, then from there, started getting more into songwriting and more into writing for like pop music, rock music, that kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. And after touring with a couple of bands, then I met up with uh, all the Prime Circle guys with different bands and stuff. And then we kind of, everyone had met up on on tour at different times. So it's like being in the right place, right time, I guess. And just being on the tour circuit, that's that's pretty much where you meet you meet the guys that are a little bit more serious. And yeah, so on the tour circuit, that's where I met up with the guys from Prime Circle. And the rest is history, bro. Like uh, the band's been going together for like 22 years and yeah, being strong. That's amazing, man. So, I mean, <laughs> that, that it's, it's funny how, um, you know, you, you talk about your, your Italian grandfather. I, I'm amazed at, um, at how uh in it, the influence of family often plays a, a big part in in people who are who are in it for the long haul um yeah and and like for me i think just just hearing that because i didn't know that about your about your um about your granddad yeah but um but i but i can see the roots go deep there huh? no the roots are deep eh? so and the funny thing is I actually like started teaching my lifey music. So when he was in junior school and high school, I was teaching him guitar and about songwriting and he was doing voice training. And now he's first year out of school and him and I jam in a band together called Cantrell. So now, sure. yeah, now me and my lifey are like writing and recording music together. So it's, yeah, the roots are very deep. 
Uh, so tell tell me about Kento and, and how that's how that's evolved because that's been going a little while now. Neil, you've got um, you've got various yeah. different things attached to it. There's there's obviously yeah. um, there's obviously the music, but I mean you've got other things going on with that. Tell us yeah. tell us a bit about that as well. So the the music side of things was how it started off was when I was on tour in a tour bus. And also at home, writing music in my studio. It's kind of like I always had music that was a little bit different to what Prime Circle was doing at the moment, at the time. And so I just thought to myself one day, well, you know what? It would be a shame for me to kind of die with these songs and let them just die down in my studio on a hard drive or something. So I figured, like, let me just randomly release like a song every now and then. So there was no structure behind it. There was no huge plugging behind it. it was just put it out into the world and see who gets hold of it and if people like it cool if they don't doesn't matter and from there if they want to pass it on to their friends it's all good so it's very like nonchalant kind of thing that's how i started and then in lockdown i was home with my my son he was in doing a trick at the moment at the time and we we kind of just thought like why don't we just write some songs together during lockdown and see how it goes. And we, we released a couple of songs through lockdown. We released like a music video that we recorded at home. And people just kind of took to it. And it was like, they, they loved the music. And we were like, oh, wow. And they loved the whole father and something. And people were just like requesting more and more and more and more. And like the South African market was, they, they wanted to hear more of the acoustic kind of songs, the ballads but also like just mainly the, the broken down acoustic stuff where the, the people in Germany were like re requesting more of the harder rock songs that we were doing. So they were like, no man, write more of that hard rock stuff. And then the South African market was like, no, write more like acoustic stuff. So that kind of brings us to where we are now. So my son and I are actually busy writing a rock album for Cantrell, which we are hoping to release later on this year. And that's, will definitely push out to the German market, give them their, their rock fix. And next year, we're going to, early next year, we're going to record a, an acoustic album and probably do some remixes of that as well for like radio edits, that kind of thing. So as we're sitting here, we, my son and I will probably have enough songs to release for the next two years. Uh, that's, how much, that's how much music we're sitting on at the moment. And it's just a matter of, recording these songs and getting through them and literally releasing them over the next two years so yeah that's that's where we are man that's amazing and yeah it's pretty cool because that's got to the stage where people are requesting us to come do shows and we played a couple of gigs here and there but it was never really a thing for us it was always more just releasing the songs now the recruits are coming in like no you guys got to play festivals you got to play this you got to play that and yeah so from the rock stuff to the acoustic stuff there's just so many different requests coming in, which is pretty cool. So now we're like, okay, well, maybe we should actually start touring this project, release the release the rock album, tour the rock album, release the acoustic album next year, tour the acoustic album. So it's it's kind of evolved into that now, and which is very cool. That's amazing. So I mean, yeah. tell us about your songwriting process there. I mean, like you you talk about, you know, what different markets want. Does does that inform yeah. you? I mean, you've obviously got a lot of experience which you draw on, but yeah. when you're writing a song, like 
what are the things that that you look for first when you when you're trying to create something yeah so i'd say like it depends exactly what you're writing for if you if you're just writing a song like say an album full of song you can pretty much do what you want but if you're gunning more say for radio singles or singles or like the hook factors where the music grabs people straight away then the main thing to look at is you want hooks in your song so if you can get to the chorus within the first 45 seconds of the song that's where it's at so the sooner you can get to the chorus and the hook of the song the better for you so if you take a band like lincoln park even some lincoln park songs they used to start the song in the chorus musically they wouldn't necessarily sing over the the intro but the chorus would be there musically with maybe like a hook guitar line or synth line and some of these songs that's how they they started it so they went just bam straight into the hook and from there they filtered down into your verse and pre-chorus chorus that kind of thing so the general way i like to write i always write um starting with music first it's very rare with me that i'll have like uh, lyrics written down first or something like that for that particular song. But it does happen where randomly I'll be driving in a car and I'll come up with a melody and the, the lyrics and it's all just falls on my lap straight away. But most of the time I like to just get a feeling. Whatever I'm feeling that day, just chug it out on, on guitar or on a keyboard and develop the song from there. So once I have the, the chords down, phonetically i'll come up with a melody so I'll, I'll sing a melody with random words that kind of mean nothing and from there once once you have your hooks for your your verse and for your choruses from there the next process i'll start writing lyrics for those parts and that, that's kind of how i like to develop the tracks um so generally i would say the main thing is Hey, hooks. The, the the catchy part of the song is the part that people are gonna remember. So if your if your verse is okay and it's got a vibe and it can kind of get you through to the chorus, which is like a massive hook, then that's great. But in this day and era, literally everything, like all pop music, rock music, revolves around hooks. So even if you're writing a verse, the guy's gun for a bit of a hook in that verse. So whether it's a, a melody hook or whether it's a guitar hook or or a synth hook or even like a drum beat kind of hook because sometimes drums a certain beats can create a, a, a hook to a song and um yeah so that's 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 the way i like to approach songs is just obviously the the, the lyrics and everything has to mean a lot to you and the vibe of the song there has to be a vibe it has to make you feel good or make you feel sad or whatever the vibe is that you're going for if you can nail that vibe down and then you write the lyrics around what you're trying to aim for and yeah like i said Joe, if you can nail as many hooks in that song as possible it's great and get to that chorus asap before 45 seconds there was some old uh, some old line i remember don't don't bore us get to the chorus it was yes you i mean that that's essentially that's essentially it I, that's exactly that's exactly I, it I mean, yeah. like, you know what, like, if you think about bands like the Beatles as well, like the Beatles were like, 
great songwriters. And I mean, they're they more popular songs were ones that kind of just got to the hook straight away. But then you'll have a band like a Led Zeppelin where they were like, okay, let's kind of just, let's just do a solo for seven minutes and then get to the song. <laughs> yeah, kind of let's thing. meander but, our way there. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Life in the exactly. slow lane. <laughs> yes, depending on how much water they drank that day. So <laughs> the, the thing is like, but even with those guys, even though they do like a seven minute meander, when they got to the song, like, I mean, there was hooks for days. So whether it was the melody or the lyrics or just the, the, the guitar riff or something, I mean, they got to the point and you were like, okay, there's the song. But I mean, if you take between the Beatles and Led Zeppelin, it's like two different worlds. But when they got to the hooks, they got to the hooks. Yeah. And that's what caught the people. Yeah. And you mentioned you mentioned um, music. So you, you generally start with music. And you also said earlier... Um, you know, you, you learned, you learned, was it drums you learned first? Yeah, I started on drums. So, do and then think, I went to keys. Do you think about like rhythms and things sort of as a primary base? Like, do you, would you build your songs off of drums? And, and when, when I say drums, I actually mean like <clears throat> fast, slow. Do you start there? Yeah, tempo. Yeah. So, so for the, for the rockier stuff, it definitely comes from a rhythm element. So whether it's whether it's a rhythmical thing that you do on the key, on the guitar or on the bass, it is definitely it comes from like a rhythm point of view. So like the feel. So if you're going for like a feel good track or a sexy swagger track, it's, that that comes from rhythm. So you definitely so if you're punching that out on your bass guitar or your drum kit or on your guitar or your synth. That rhythm is the key that's kind of going to grab people, that's going to make them swing their hips or going to make them headbang or whatever you're trying to get across in that song. So that's where rhythm for me was like very important. Where I do know a lot of, there are songwriters out there that kind of write first with like poetry and lyrics. And then from there, they'll, they'll put it into a song. But for me, it's more about how the song makes you feel. Yeah. It's all about feeling. Yeah, and would you? So I mean, like on that note, what what would you say is is like a common theme with uh, great songs? Like, is is there something that great songs have in common? Yeah, it's definitely it's it's. Um, I mean, if you have to just put it down quickly in layman's terms, it's it's you keep it simple. Keep it hooky, have the hooks, have good lyrical content, and let that song carry on that feeling that makes you feel a certain way. So definitely all those songs have common threads. So from from the Beatles to what Justin Bieber is doing now, it's all about great chord progressions, great melody lines over that, great hook lines, and there's your song. There's your, your core of your song. Yeah. So that I would say that's a common thread. Yeah. And and Neil, with all your your traveling and and moving around, you've obviously seen seen a lot of um, South African bands, but international bands as well. And 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 you know enough about the ins and outs of the industry to to sort of see, um, like great songwriters, great performers. 
what what traits do those people have in common like if you had to think about your like you know who's yeah. who's a world-class songwriter and performer uh, and yeah compare, like are, are there are there things that they have in common um you know that's a very good question because i mean yeah everybody's different and every muso you meet in the world is kind of got their own thing and that's what kind of makes them unique but i would say it's nowadays it's like i mean back in the day it was like sex drugs and rock and roll was a cool thing with led zeppelin and those guys where nowadays it's more the guys are almost like more fitness conscious they're more about eating healthy like drinking healthy it, for sure the guys are going to bend every now and then but I've, what I can see is the guys are definitely trying to come with a more clear mind. Um, they're, they're trying to approach everything more healthy, if you want to say it that way, from a clear mind point of view. Um, and, geez, like, I mean, traveling with, like, bands like Muse and bands like Three Doors Down and those guys, what I noticed is the bigger the bands are, the nicer the guys are. The smaller the bands are and they're, they're trying to prove a point, those are the guys that are more arrogant. And so you can always pick out on the tour circuit who's who in the zoo without even kind of knowing knowing the guys or what band they're from, where the bigger guys are definitely more down to earth, more chilled. And I would say that when, when, they, when they're approaching their songwriting, it's kind of, they've been there, done that, and they've got nothing to prove. So what they, what they write, it's kind of, it, it comes from a good place instead of trying to force things out. And I would say some of the best songs in the world were probably written under half an hour. Um, the, the, the tracks that are written straight away, and you, you just know straight away, that's, that's a keeper. And um, yeah, it's within 10 minutes, if you got something good, then you know, that, that's the one right there. Where if you try flagging out songs, for days and days and days, you'll you'll end up with a, a an okay product, but generally, if within that first half an hour, you know you got something beyond the goal. That's really interesting. Uh, so, so I want to yeah. I want to pick you on that point, if you don't mind. Yeah. The, the go for it. The 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 idea of um, guys who have got nothing to prove. So. So we talk about hooks and we talk about um, just like, don't bore us, get to the chorus, that kind of idea. But if you consider for for a minute, like the market, if there is a, uh, such a thing, um, yeah. in terms of youth, young people trying to be trendy, all of that kind of stuff. And... Um, and the people that will spend money on tickets and come to shows and all that kind of thing for me one of one of my favorite songwriters at the moment is ben rector and and his his songs just talk about ordinary things like like as a as a family man as a dad you know yeah. like in your case yeah child, that's really interesting and i think that's something that resonates yeah. with people because a lot of people can relate to that and um there's stuff in there that's like gold, you know, it's like 
well now yeah now, now i'm a bit older i've seen the world I've, I've i've seen a couple of things and this is my thought on that and poof straight from the hip the, does that is that the kind of thing that that you're going for nowadays i mean do you do you kind of look from a from an experience point of view from like a you know as a as a dad yeah. as an as an older wiser person than you were in the days of you know um like your yeah. youth, university that kind of thing definitely like i think there's a certain maturity that comes with it where even just the way you you choose your lyrics so where before you'd maybe try look into things too deeply and try to get too arty farty but sometimes just saying something like it is, but in a in a nice way or in a kind of a, with a twist to it. Like those kind of things is very cool. And that definitely comes with a, a maturity. And if you listen close enough, sometimes it's not always what it seems. If, if you listen close enough, you'll be like, oh, that's what the guy was meaning. And um, yeah, kind of with the maturity side of things, it's the way they write is comes out a lot easier, but also they use a couple of twists, which make you think, which is quite cool. That's always interesting. So if you, if you think about, you know, the, the great songwriters of the past, like, um, you know, yeah. Bob Dylan, let's take Bob Dylan, for example. And, yeah. And that whole sort of folk um, revolution, like anti-establishment revolutionary kind of thing, where it was using yeah. music as a platform Use, using metaphors to talk about yeah like why are we doing this war um yeah has things changed you know have things changed since those days do you see much of that now in your in your travels with songwriting i think i, I think i think the, the the poetry side of things isn't as huge as what it used to be say with dylan and those kind of guys where they, they kind of did approach it more from a poetic kind of way where the guys nowadays the the writing is it is a lot more simpler lyrically i would say um where that's where they'll they'll kind of add metaphors and adjectives and things to it just to kind of put you wake you up a little bit and like rattle your cage a little bit and be like okay what is that guy talking about there and then carry on but if you if you don't approach it in that way i mean coming from the bob dylan times and those guys then, then it just means something else to you. The song will mean something else to you. But if you actually pay pay attention and listen to the lyrics properly, you'll be like, oh, okay, that's pretty interesting. But I do find the whole poetic thing from Dylan and the guys from that time, I, I don't really hear it as much anymore. It, it's more to the point, basic. It's yeah, still hooky, I guess. Emojis. Yeah emojis emojis <laughs> throwing those emojis all over the place <laughs> where's it emojis of are now our literacy i wonder how we're going to sing that <laughs> the next, it's nuts man <laughs> i mean you're an english teacher you should know better about the stuff <laughs> oh man it's uh, it, it's one of those uh it, it's one of those things where uh i i think you know for me and i and, and i've said to um to a lot of people that lyrics matter and um yeah you know music is a conduit for a message and i think that that yeah. that for me is is always interesting when you've got someone who's got a good message um so yeah. 
So I, I like guys like you who have who have been in the industry for a long time and are still going strong and still got their eyes on the horizon, your head screwed on yeah. straight, and, and you've got something to say. Um, and, and so I think those those kind of um, messages and 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 stories are, are interesting for me because you know that's it's it's worth listening to. You know, yeah, um, we, totally. We, we we've got lots of love songs and breakup songs and you know all of those kind of things it'd be interesting to to hear about a marriage of 50 years you know yeah someone is totally still, eh? someone is still writing songs when they hit their you know golden yeah. wedding anniversary and what that song would sound like if he's a literate person you know what i'm saying totally um, so that, i think I, I think in songwriting guys it's almost like mining it's like you, you're just mining. You're, you're mining for that hit. You know, it's like you're mining for that next song. Or even even if it's just a matter of like like the the other day I wrote a song about it was I just came about like with this piano chords and hook line on the piano, and then the 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 lyrical content is is quite it's it's about someone who's gone through like alcohol abuse and that kind of thing. But the thing is like lyrically if you would need like a, a more mature person or someone who's gone through life to sing that song. Cause if you, for, and then it, it, it'll hit home for you. But if you had to release that song and then like an 18 year old sings it on pop idols or something, it's, it's not going to be the same thing because that 18 year old has not ex gone through life and is not experienced what that 50 or 60 year old man has experienced in life. But if you have, like an older person who's kind of been through that and he understands what the lyrics are about and he sings that song and you can, you can feel his struggle and you can feel his pain and you can kind of feel that he's been through a midlife crisis and he's kind of recovered from it. And now he's, he's on the right track and that's why he's writing about stuff in his past. And it's that, that's where, that's where songs are, are very strong and very potent. And the, the lyrical content is very deep. So if, if you also have the right person telling the story, it can go a lot further than having the wrong person telling the wrong story. That's for, that's for sure. Yeah. Tell us about your yeah. process with your son writing songs, because you're obviously coming at it from, from different perspectives. And, and, and that's really yeah. interesting. You know, you've got, a, yeah. you, you, you've got your son and, and, and his paradigms, and, and you've got you and, and your paradigms. Like how, yeah. how did your how does your songwriting evolve there between generations? So, what's what's actually pretty funny is the fact that, I mean, he, he's nineteen now, and he's actually a grunge kid. So, so the thing <laughs> is, the, the bands, the bands that I was digging in the grunge era, like Nirvana and Alice in Chains, and all those bands, like he's he's kind of loves. So now I'm like, okay. I, this is this is different so now what what happens is it's almost like when we're writing a rock song or a grunge type song he, he almost approaches it in that kind of way in that kind of mindset but but he'll bring his own influence to the party so if he writes a guitar riff which is like say a cool grungy rocky kind of riff and then when we get to the lyrical content and we'll have like say one hook in the chorus and then if we're needing like a second hook in the chorus like he'll bring that second hook but 
in a way that I would never have thought in, in a way that I would never have thought like, oh, wow, okay, you can do that. And he makes it very simple, but very effective and very to the point, but so catchy. It's like, wow, okay, I would have never thought to do that, but he just did it. And I'm like, so you, you got this mix of grunge, but almost with like a, a pop and more modern understanding or yeah, like a rock band. You've got like a rock band with the Ed Sheeran coming in, writing a part of your chorus kind of thing. So it's, it's definitely an interesting blend. Um, and earlier I said like my, my folks never wanted to buy me guitars and stuff. So I ended up buying like some sick guitars and I, I think I've probably got like 15 guitars lying around the house at the moment, but like decent ones. And so, so we either write um, guitar songs together or I'll jump on the keys and then he jumps on the guitar because he's a guitarist and a singer. And we kind of bounce off each other like that and feel, feel out the dynamic. And it's definitely, we, we, we definitely got a good bond, but it's definitely a cool approach that he brings to the project of Cantrell, which is like, oh, wow, that is awesome. I didn't think of that. And yeah, I, I love that. It's very yeah. nice. That's great. And, and, and really great that, you know, as a dad, number one, you've got the experience to be able to pull in other influences as well. And number two, that you, that you're willing to learn, you know, like, yeah, yeah, that, that you're still malleable and, and able to kind of, you know, adapt and, and grow. It's not like, ah, oh, I've got all the answers, you know, yeah. I think that's, that's pretty cool as well. I, I think that's the key is the fact that you need to be open minded to learn every day. And if you if your teenage son can teach you something, and he's taught me many life lessons and it's just come out of the blue. And I'm like, what? That's like a 50 year old man would say something like that. And it's like, geez, okay, this guy just schooled me. Yeah. And that's the thing. I've been schooled so many times by my teenager, just overthinking stuff. And he just brings it in like it is. And I'm like, geez, okay, this guy's legit. Just put me on my place, schooled me. I'm like, wow. Okay. I've, I've learned something today. And yeah, I've, I've learned so much from him. Neil, talk talk a little bit about your songwriting process in Prime Circle. How does that that stuff play itself out amongst all, all you like more or less similar generation dudes? Yeah. So with Prime Circle, I mean, there's five guys in the band. So you got five different ideas coming at you at like 500 k's an hour. And so how we <laughs> how we there, there's different ways it's happened. So some of the ways someone will come in with like a, a keyboard idea or a guitar idea. And then from there, we build the song. The, the other members start pitching in their ideas to that part. And then the song kind of grows from there. And then we'll get uh, melodically, there'll be like a melodic line, say on the keyboard or guitar. And then next minute it's like, okay, that could be a cool melody idea. And then from there, we'll do like a storyboard, throw a couple of storyboard ideas out there. And then, from there, the, the, the lyrics will start getting written. And that, that's kind of the process, one part of it. So where it comes in from someone bringing an idea to the table. Uh, and it doesn't have to be a finished idea. Sometimes it literally is a finished idea. Sometimes it's only a 10% of an idea. But we always build it from there. Um, other, other times, we'll, we'll just get in there and be like, okay, well, someone bash something out. And whoever hits a rhythm or a chord or a progression first we go with that and see where it takes us sometimes it's it's really rubbish and sometimes it's like 
we hit gold like straight away and we're like damn that's cool and then we we carry on working on that song but there are times where with previous albums we've written like 40 songs and then it's like the process of elimination where we'll take the 40 down to 30 30 down to 20 and then the hardest part is 15 songs say down to 12 or down to 10 because that's when you, you get it where not everybody's agreeing on the same song so some guys would love a song and then other guys would hate the song and be like okay that that song must not be on the album or that song must be on the album um so unfortunately now we've like it's kind of majority rule vote so if, if five of us if three guys vote for the song and makes the album if if the three guys don't like the song then it won't make the album so which sucks sometimes because a lot of the times you, you'll a, a song will like feel a, a lot it'll be like no this one this one's precious and then it doesn't make the album and you're like damn that sucks but yeah that's kind of how the the prime circle guys that's how we write our stuff is just bringing ideas to the table bringing chords to the table and developing it from there how patient do you have to be with each other oh yeah no it's she's i mean it's like it's like brothers and sisters hey eh? it's like one day you'll love each other and the next day you want to like punch the guy in the face and it's literally that it's like a, it's like a family and we've we we know exactly how to press someone's buttons in the band so you know okay if you're gonna go there the the outcome is gonna be xyz so we, we've kind of learned not to push each other's buttons unless you're really trying to cause cuck but <laughs> yeah, we've kind of we, we know exactly how each member operates so we, we try to avoid conflict in that sense but i mean conflict will always come about um because at the end of the day we've got the same goal and the same drive and everybody wants what's best for the band and um yeah so if you if your idea and you, you your vibe you're feeling like that it's very strong about your idea and your vibe and then like you're just not getting hurt or it's just not coming across then sometimes you'll be like hey but if i push that as button right now maybe maybe i'll get my story across a bit better so yeah you definitely you you definitely get to know someone very well like with touring on a tour bus with them and spending so much time with them um yeah we we know each other really well and we, we know our good sides our bad sides and the the key is that the, the the goal at the end of the day is the same and if everybody just keeps striving to the same goal and the same outcome then you'll be fine that's amazing so neil yeah. la last question for you what would you want your legacy to be at the end of your days sure <clears throat> so this is the thing about writing songs right is that you might pass on but your music will live forever so the key is to leave songs behind that you're proud of um whether they're good or whether they're bad like whatever that lyrical content so that feel is about it is what you leave behind you're happy about what you've left behind good or bad but obviously the whole point is to leave songs behind that kind of tells a story that people love and that kind of music can live on forever so if you write a song that can live on forever and people cover it 100 years from now and it becomes a hit again it's like wow like for me that would be i'm happy yeah brilliant my friend 
Neil, it's, uh, thank cool, you man. so much, so much for your time. I really appreciate it, man. And, Thanks so much, uh, Ryan. And, and all the best with everything uh, in the in the days ahead. We'll be listening out for Kenchel for, for for you and your and your your all knowing teenager. It sounds like he can teach awesome. us a thing or two. <laughs> 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 no, no, he doesn't know everything, but when when he knows the points, it's like it's on point. So, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> one out of ten times I'm listening. <laughs> oh, <there we> go. <laughs> yeah, Good back here, man. Well, that's going to do it for this edition of the podcast. I uh, hope you enjoyed it. Thanks again to Neil uh, for his time and for. Uh, just sharing his insights there um, as usual we'd love to hear from you if you have any thoughts or ideas um, let us know in the comments or drop us an email the links will be in the show notes facebook instagram twitter you can also share there and uh, join the discussion until next time thanks for joining in and remember keep pondering the great deep deep